<laughs> All right. So uh, we are living in uh, an interesting time, an interesting day. It seems like the news is changing all the time. Um, and so it's important for us to get a perspective from God. And I really thought about continuing on in our uh, study in First Thessalonians. In fact, I may do that tonight. Not sure. There's actually one or two things for this evening. There's one of two things for today. Um, it may do it, and here's, here's the reason why. We really need the message, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so, uh, quite honestly, I, I thought maybe it would even be appropriate this morning, but I just feel led otherwise. So I have you in Psalm 121. We're going to look there uh, in just a moment. Um, but I uh, came across an article this past week that was uh, um, just dealing with the situation, what's going on in, in our world right now, and, um, and had some good insight. But they uh, shared the words of C.S. Lewis um, that he gave to his uh, readers uh, about 72 years ago uh, at the time. There was great fear over, believe it or not, the atomic bomb. And so people were living in fear of that, and he was writing in, in regard to that situation. But I thought it was, it was very fitting uh, to just remind us. He shares some things that are, uh, are so true. Uh, here's, here's what he said, and you can apply it to the matter of, of uh, you know, the coronavirus. He said, in, in, um, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in the atomic age? I'm tempted to reply. Why? You would have lived in the 16th, or live as you would have in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year. Or as you would have lived in the Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or, or, or ma'am, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had, indeed, one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics. But we still have that. It's perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more choice of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we're going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, he wrote, but they need not dominate our minds. How true. How true. 
And how appropriate, even in our day. Not the atomic bomb. You could put coronavirus in there, or what, COVID-19, or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's very fitting uh, to our day, and it's just a reminder. But this morning, it's not the words of C.S. Lewis that I want to challenge you about. I thought they were good. I thought they are worth thinking about. But I want to challenge you from the words of God in Psalm 121. Because the words of the psalmist there and the message of the psalmist, although we have preached it actually not too long ago, we were in Psalm 121 a few years ago in our study of Psalms that we finished, you remember. Um, so it wasn't that all that long ago. A couple of years ago, we were in Psalm 121. And actually about three or four years ago, we had a theme uh, during the year, which was looking upward and moving forward. And we looked at Psalm 121 as well. But you know, it doesn't hurt for us to open up the words of Scripture again. And when we come to a time like this, be reminded what God has told us. So today, Psalm 121 has a message for us to look. He said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And I would add amen to that truth. Let's pray and ask God to help us this morning to understand his truth better. Father, I am so thankful that in days of uncertainty, days where people are being controlled by fear, that there is a place to look, that there is a person to look to, there is someone upon whom we can depend and rely upon to take care of and meet our needs. And this morning, we need to be reminded of that. Uh, we need your help to focus as we ought, to look where we need to look, and to think as we need to think, and to act as we ought act. So, dear God, I ask this morning that our hearts would be centered on the word and not on the circumstances of life, and that you would help us today to think about what you've said and that you would meet with us in power this morning, that your presence would indeed be known, that I would say only what I ought, that I would not say what I should not. I pray that you would be glorified this morning as the word is open in Jesus' name. Amen. God has a message for us in Psalm 121. Quite frankly, on any given day, you might hear reports like this. Came out yesterday, I think it was, or Friday. The governors of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut told their residents to stay indoors as much as possible, issuing far-reaching demands that all non-essential workers must remain at home. Both governors of New York and Connecticut issued similar orders on Friday, while the governor of New Jersey said he planned to order on Saturday that all non-essential businesses in the state close as well. 
According to the news, it said the sweeping edicts were announced as the number of confirmed coronavirus cases jumped again on Friday. New York State reports 8,000 cases, most of them in New York City, which accounts for about one-third of all cases in the United States. Uh, officials reporting 5,683 5, cases in New York City and 43 deaths. Um, now that's just one of many news reports you can find anywhere. <laughs> you type coronavirus on your internet, which in the internet, which, by the way, I suspect many of you have, probably, and you're going to see things like that. You're going to see numerous articles. And everyone's telling us that the sky is falling. The world's coming to an end, you know? Um, now, I'm not seeking to make light of the serious nature of the problem or genuine concern you should have over, and I want to say this, factual information, okay? Factual information. Um, some cases, there are there is a bleak picture. But what I'm concerned about is people being caught up in the hype and controlled to it to the point of hysteria. Look, you can't get away from it. We know that. And this morning, I really, really considered just going on and preaching. But um, it's time for us to just take a look and think about what God has said. You know, two weeks ago, people at church shook hands. This morning, we just came in. Uh, two weeks ago, it wouldn't have been unusual for good friends to give a, an appropriate embrace, a hug, and say, it's good to see you. Now, if someone coughs out in public, you look at them like, what's wrong with you? Why are you out? Seriously. Um, people are wearing gloves to open their mail. Uh, people are doing all sorts of things. It's amazing what a few weeks can do to change perspective and remind us that we're not in control of what's going on. But there's a God who is. Um, what does the future hold? I, I don't know. But can I tell you, two things are absolutely certain. First, circumstances will change all the time. Second, God will not. Can I remind you of that truth? Circumstances are going to change. Two weeks ago, we would have acted totally different on this Sunday morning than we are today. Two weeks have changed a lot, but God hasn't. He's still on the throne. He's still alive. He is still in control of what's going on. He knows every case. He knows every person who has it, every person who doesn't. And he knows for the four or five days that they are, they can give it to someone else when they have no idea of it. Because our God hasn't changed, and he will not change. And you can be confident of that fact. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So look, there's a place to look. There's a, a place to put your gaze and your focus, and it is not on the news reports that I just read to you. It's not on all the things that are going on. It is on him that our attention needs to be. So let's look at Psalm 121. And let me share with you a number of things, and we're going to kind of sum it up at the end. I hope we'll give you some thoughts that will very practically fit in with what's going in on in our day 
and in our age and at this time, at such a time as this. So contemplate, first of all, the principle. What is the principle? What is the focus? What is the point that the author was trying to make that he wants us to understand that he's sharing with us that is so important to life. Here's what it is. Verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. A couple things to contemplate about this principle that he shares. First, is so encouraging to me, you have a choice where you look. You have a choice where you look. I already mentioned the fact, and it was in 2017, we had the theme for church, looking upward, moving forward. And one of the messages we preached was from Psalm 121, where you look is where you live. Can I tell you why there's a lot of fear? You say, well, I know the reason why there's a lot of fear, because there's a lot to fear. No, 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 no. The reason there's a lot of fear right now there's a reason why there, there are people that are on the ledge and ready to jump off, and you want to tell them, step back, okay? There's a reason why, why they are. There's a reason why people are discouraged. Some are depressed. Some may be despairing, maybe even despondent about the situation. And the reason is, it's because where people are looking. I can't be any more direct about it, but it's where people are looking. Because... Where you look is vitally important to handling situations in life. Now, I am not suggesting we ignore what's going on. I'm not suggesting that there isn't, there aren't issues. I am not suggesting that there aren't things to be concerned about. But you know where many are spending their time and their focus and their attention and they're making a choice to do so? Online watching all the news about what's going on and finding about, about every, hearing about every case every two hours or whatever time they get on the Internet. And then they turn on the news and they hear the same stories, the, the gloom, the despair, the, the, the end of the world and how everything's falling apart, even though as of just yesterday, 233, think about this, 233 people in Tennessee have coronavirus according to their records. There are more than 233 people in our subdivision, and they're saying in all of Tennessee, 233 people. But you would think from the words we're hearing from our governor, from leaders and everything else, that everyone in the world is infected. Come off the ledge, people. Look, you have a choice where you look. And it's important for us to remember that we have a choice where we look. If you want to spend hours looking at the news and hearing all the things that are going on, look, I'm trying to stay informed. I'll tell you this, I'm not spending a lot of time watching the news reports. Because, quite frankly, if that's where you look, that's how you're going to feel. And so God says, or the writer said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. This is where I'm looking. And I am making the choice to do so. And you have that choice to make. And I want to encourage you to make the right choice. Turn your eyes to God. And when you turn your eyes to God, you can find help to, listen, live above what's going on. Not ignore it. Not have your head in the sand, not know what's going on. Well, I have no idea. But live above it. And that what is what's so encouraging about this passage and many other like it in Scripture. 
So I asked the question this morning, and I ask it in all sincerity, where have you been looking for help? Where have you been looking for information? Where have you been looking for guidance? Where have you been looking? Uh, some are looking to the Internet, to news, to medical sources, anywhere. But have you been looking to God? And listen, it's not just the lost world doing so. Um, people are panicking over the possibilities because that is what is continually being put before us. And we make a choice where we look. This morning, I, the challenge is to make the choice as the psalmist did, where you look. Now, why do I, why do I say we have a choice? Well, again, notice what he says. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the choice. Now, question to ask, and I think it's a fair question, don't you? Is uh, Do you think that the psalmist had problems in life? <laughs> you know, do you think he had concerns? Do you think he had things he could look at that would say, oh, no, all over? I, look, I, I'm not... I'm not joking with you when I said that the psalmist probably had as many crises and maybe more than we find in our entire world that he could have looked at and said this is what I'm looking at and boy am I concerned and this I'm looking at and that's what I'm concerned about but no he said this look this is my choice I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help which by the way to an Israelite the hills that surrounded Jerusalem we don't have time to really delve into all the the technicalities and lessons to be learned in Psalm 121. But the, the hills around Jerusalem were things that they saw as a place of protection. They saw them as comforting, and they also saw them as a place of safety. Because to the, to the Jew, they could look out at the hills and know that in the hills there were places to hide all over. In fact, David did a lot of that when he ran from Saul. There were all sorts of places that had been built in the hills for protection. And so he might have been saying he was, he was doing that. But in reality, his point is, because he says in verse 2, I'm not looking to these hills. I'm not looking to a physical place for security. I'm looking to God. And I'm making that choice. And this morning, I'm asking you to make that choice to look to the right place. That is the principle being taught in Psalm chapter one. 121. And the whole psalm is about that. Look to him. Make that choice. Do what is right. Because here, here's the truth. Where you look is what you have. That may sound rather strange. I'm going to explain it in a moment. But where you look is what you have. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you can get on the internet and find all the information you need. Or really, quite honestly, don't need. You can spend hours watching the news and be inundated with advice, counsel, instruction, and more things to worry about. You can talk to friends and loved ones who are ready to tell you about the seriousness of the situation because they know everything about it. And, uh, and they'll tell you what you're supposed to be doing about it. You can read from the experts what's going on. Which, by the way, I, I, I'm not suggesting that there are people who know what's going on, but people don't know what's going on. Do, do, do you realize that experts have never, ever dealt with the coronavirus? They don't know. 
They may know a little bit more than you and I if they've studied out how diseases spread and all sorts of other details, but quite frankly, they have no idea what's going to happen. They don't. They don't know. They're not experts. They're people who are using their head to try to find answers and make decisions, but they don't know everything. I don't either. By the way, you can look trust in yourself. A lot of people have decided what needs to be done in order to protect themselves. Some are going to unbelievable means to stay safe. They're looking to themselves. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, this would be, I know, appreciated greatly, but you can lock yourself in your house. And if God has designed for you to get coronavirus, you're going to get it. I'm not saying that people should be fools and go out and say, nothing can touch me. Satan tempted Jesus Christ to jump down from the pinnacle or to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. And his angels would give charge, and Jesus Christ said, you shouldn't tempt the Lord God. So we're going to tempt the Lord. We should follow some of the guidelines. We should reasonably do things that we can to be safe. Social distancing. That's a word you never thought you'd hear just a couple weeks ago. All right, there are things that you can do. Washing your hands, uh, being, being careful about things. Sure, all right, there are things you can possibly do. But if you're looking within, if you're looking to people for answers, if you're looking to experts, if you're looking to, to all these things, and this is what you're trying to find your strength and help in, where you look is what you have. And, and let me tell you, the experts don't know it all. And your friends don't know it all. And you can't do it on your own because all you have is your own strength if you're looking to yourself. But let me tell you something. There was someone who knows all about the virus. There was someone who knows all about the circumstances and the situation going on far more than you and I know. And he's the one we need to be looking to because when you look to him, what you have is what you need. Don't forget that. What you have is what you need. You say, well, well, what do you mean by that? The rest of the psalm tells you what you have, what you have when you look to him. So here, here's the question. Can you, from any source, your own strength or from from the exports or anyone else, find what is promised in Psalm 121? And the answer is, no, you can't. They can't provide it. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Uh, do, do you realize that our, our president has slept since, since some of his announcements? And all the experts that are talking, you know what? They've spent hours resting because they need rest. God has. Since this all started, every day, 24 hours a day, God has been available. So look, where you look, the point is what, is what you have. So if you're looking to yourself and within and I can do this and I can handle I can protect myself and I'm going to follow all these things... If you're looking at yourself, all you have is your own strength. 
quite honestly, it can't stop a virus. And it can't guarantee protections. Where you look is what you have. The source of your look controls the power that's available to meet needs. Please understand that. I, I just want to challenge you with that truth today. The, the place that you look determines the power that you have to face it. So, where are you looking? That's the principle, that's the point that the psalmist reminds us of in verses 1 and 2. We are confronted with the greatest place to look, the best solution for any circumstance that comes our way. Doesn't mean we, we never look at the news, we don't take precautions. It doesn't mean that we're not careful. It doesn't mean that we don't listen to what's being said by the authorities. But the question is, where are we looking for help? Consider, secondly, the provision, not just the principle. Don't really take time to, this morning to contemplate the principle, but consider the provision. My help cometh from the Lord. And look what he says. Or say it with me, all right? You got verse 2? My help cometh from the Lord, join with me, which made heaven and earth. Say that again. Which made heaven and earth. Do you know who made the coronavirus? Do you know who made the stars that you see each night? Do you know who made the sun that you'll, well, maybe see? I don't know if you'll see it today, whatever. Uh, do you know who made the clouds and the rain? Look, the one who made those things is ready. So consider the provision that is available if you'll look to him. So what, what do we find? Verse 2 suggests unlimited power. Why not look to God? He is the, the, the almighty one. He's the creator of all. That's the point of verse 2. He made the heaven and earth. I mean, look, if he made all these things, then why not trust him? If he made all these things, why not look to him? If he made all these things, why not say, God, I am counting on you to take me through this, not what I hear on the news. Lord, I'm counting on you to give me the wisdom to make the right decision, the right choices about, about what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go, or where I'm not supposed to go, or the things I'm supposed to be involved in, the things that I, that I shouldn't. God has a limited power, and he can meet the needs. Quite honestly, there's no one greater to look to. People are weak. Governments are weak. In fact, we're reminded at times like this that our governments are powerless. They really are. No one can stop this. Do you know there's someone who can? Have you forgotten that? Have you forgotten that? Um, he has the power to heal. He has the power to help doctors heal. He has the power to use medicines to heal. We've been through that on Sunday nights as we were looking at the matter of medical issues and, and what uh, the scriptures have to say. Look, God has all power. Don't forget that. Look, if you would, and this is so encouraging, because if, if we just said God had all power, that's enough reason to look to him. Don't you think? 
But look at the verses. And let's take some time and dig a little further. Verse 3, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. We have a picture of in verse 3 and in verse 4. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Is a picture that God will provide continual presence. So not just power, but presence. So look, I'm not alone. <laughs> if you get it, you will be alone. You know what I mean? If you end up in the hospital, you will be alone. The only people that are going to be coming in to talk to you are people with masks, gloves, everything else, right? You will be alone. And if you're trusting in yourself, you're trusting in officials and everything else, quite honestly, they're going to look at you as trouble. God won't. And the truth is, he is right there with you if you know him. If you're part of his family this morning, you have the promise of God's presence. That's the picture. When it says God will not slumber, say, oh, what, what does that mean? Well, it means that, that God is uh, all-powerful. He never sleeps. He doesn't need any sleep. He never does. He never will. Okay, but that isn't the point. The, real, the point is, is that he's always available to be your friend, to be your help, to meet your needs. I don't know what tomorrow holds. Do you? I mean, quite honestly, every day brings something new. I have no idea. And the truth is, it wasn't the situation that brought that up. Quite honestly, just all of life, we're reminded all the time. And this has been a good reminder that we're not in control of things, but we can always have a God who's with us. And his presence can be known. But if we don't look to him, we can't count on that. I'm not saying that God leaves people because he said to believers, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But the reality of God's presence comes when I look to him and I'm saying, God, you are the one I'm looking to. You're the one I'm depending on. You're the one I'm trusting in in this situation. And that's when I can know and experience, if you will, God's presence in a very special way. And God has promised it in this passage. He said, look, I don't sleep. I don't slumber. I'm always going to be available. You can talk to me any time of the day. You wake up in the middle of the night and you're concerned about this situation, well, give me a call. You know? Uh, and you don't even have to dial. Just give me a call. I'm available. I'm here. His continual presence. What a wonderful tr truth. And by the way, this also carries this idea. If someone isn't asleep, it means he's ever vigilant. The, the point is, is that he's always aware. Even when I'm not. When I'm asleep at night, I'm not thinking about it. In fact, truth is, I'm trying not to think about it as much as I can. But the fact is that God was thinking about it before it ever started. He's thinking about it now and because he's always awake. He's ever vigilant. So we have his presence um, to be with us and he's always alert and he's always able to handle it because he's all powerful. He gives us wonderful promises. Look in verse 5. The Lord is thy keeper. I, I said it already but, but here's the truth. If, if God has designed for you to get coronavirus, there's no changing it. And God knows. And get this, he'll take care of it. If you do. 
All right, let's remember that. He gives us so many promises, though. He said, I'll be your keeper. I'll be your shade on thy, uh, on thy right hand. That sounds like a, an interesting thing, but in the heat of the day, to have shade was a precious thing. It was something that would bring comfort. These are some of the promises. And God doesn't lie. So he says, hey, look, I, I can, I'll be your keeper. I'll keep you. I'll be your shade in the heat of the day. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. So he gives wonderful promises that we can rest on and we can, we can know and we can rely upon. But that's if we're looking to him. See, it all goes back to verses 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes. So where are you going to choose to look? And where are you looking? Think this morning. Where are you looking? God offers eternal preservation. He mes- his presence, his promises, his power, his preservation. Seven Verses 7 and 8. Uh, who was it said, I'm invincible until God is done with me? Now, that doesn't mean, again, you go and you jump off the top of a building. It doesn't mean that you go to a hospital where people have it. You can't get in anyway. And, you know, expose yourself to the virus because nothing can touch me. Because God doesn't tell us to be fools. He does tell us to use wisdom. But let's also realize that God is the one who preserves. The one who gives health. God is the one who takes it away. God is the one who works in every situation of life. And we need to trust him. God will keep you for eternity. Nothing can happen. All right, first first truth, as I look at verse 7 and 8, is that um, nothing can change my eternal destiny. When I, was, when I got saved at age 7, that I've told you so many times, when I got saved at age 7, God gave me a number of things, His Holy Spirit. Man, we could have a long list that we could make this morning, couldn't we? Things that God has done for me when I got saved. He gave me His Holy Spirit. He, um, he gave me numerous promises that I could claim and live according to. And one of the promises He gave me is He offered a gift of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. And when I received Christ, He gave me eternal life. So here's the thing. Nothing can ever take that from me. Now, I don't look forward to because the Bible calls it the valley of the shadow of death. There's a lot of fear, natural fear, normal fear about the fact that we're, we're you know, about death, what happens in walking through uh, that, that path. But here's the truth. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I have no idea when it's going to happen in my life. But I do know this, that my eternity is already settled, and God has that in control. I also know that up until the time when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, God has that in control because he preserves and he keeps. And I also know this, that when I get to that valley of the shadow of death, whenever it is, from whatever comes, that he'll be with me and go with me through that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, come on, say it, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. So, so tell me a situation. Come on, people. Tell me a situation where God isn't there and God isn't going to meet the need. He's promised it. So look. Look to him. 
let's get our focus on him. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So that's the provision God has made. So what are the promises? Well, let's just kind of review them again. Verse 3, the promise of stability, if you look to him. I like verse, verse 3, you won't suffer thy foot to be moved. The, the, the picture, have you ever been, I, I've been out hiking many times, and I've walked across streams, and you ever stepped on a, a rock that has moss on it, and your feet go out from under you? Oh, man, no fun. You ever been out, uh, you, you've seen, I've seen some internet videos, you know, of guys that step out on their, their steps, and they start to go down to get the newspaper or something like that, and you just see them go, you know, sliding all the way down the stairs because they step on ice and they have no control. But here's the truth, that when I am looking to him, there's stability of life. He won't suffer my foot to be moved. There is a stability that comes in Jesus Christ. Um, and so look to him. Um, when circumstances knock you off your feet, he, he is there and he'll hold you up. Stability, availability, verse 4. Uh, protection, verse 5. Uh, shade, we already talked about that one. Being out in the scorching sun and having someone come with an umbrella. The Lord has an amazing ability to provide uh, just that comfort, that sustenance. Comfort, maybe we should put it that way. Um, and then... The, the preservation all the way through life. So, um, wonderful, great. Glad we had opportunity to look at that truth today. I, I'm glad you, you and I both have been able to dig in a little bit to this psalm. But can I just share with you the fourth thing, cultivate the practice. That's the psalm. Now we need to do it. Okay, did, did you hear that? That's the psalm. Now we need to do it. Well, I'm doing it. So, have you been controlled by this? Um, first thing to contemplate or think about and cultivate the practice. Consider where you're looking. Th think with me. Where are you looking? It's, it's one thing, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I'm looking to the Lord. I'm looking to the right place. But here's the truth. Some of you are spending far more time on the Internet than you are in your Bible. And listening to news reports than you are reading God's Word. Far more time. So where are you looking? Just consider that. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, you don't have to turn there because I think you're familiar with it. Anyone can quote it probably for me. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For what? Out of it are the issues of life. You know what comes forth from life? You know what comes forth from my life? The things that I think on. I am, I am serious about this and... People may be, get angry with me about this. I'm, I'm not seeking to make anyone angry in any way, shape, or form. But look, if you're spending hours thinking about coronavirus, it's not healthy. 
it's not. It's not healthy. And it's not right. And if you're thinking, hours on it. If you're watching news all the time, as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. As you think, you act. The reason why so many people are taken by fear is because that's all they're thinking about. It's what they keep putting before them. Say, Pastor, you mean you're not informed? No, I am. I, I am checking on a regular basis. By the way, I have to be as a, as a pastor to make decisions in regard to our church. I, I'm, I'm paying attention. Whether you believe that or not, I am paying attention to what's going on. But I will tell you this. I'm only going to a few sites, and I'm only spending a little bit of time. And I'm getting facts. I am not spending time listening to all these people wail and whine on the news about how bad everything is and how the world's falling apart and how you're going to die if you go outside your door. And if you touch any doorknobs, you're in trouble. I am not there, and I'm not going there. And I won't go there. Don't ask me to. Because I want to look to the Lord. And I found it is very easy for me to be caught up in all the hype that's going on. So I have a few websites I am checking on a regular basis, like the CDC. That tells us numbers. You can't lie when you have numbers. And it's helped tremendously. It's helped me tremendously to realize this is not as huge as everyone's saying. Oh, it could be. That's right. Who you been listening to? So I look at the numbers, and I see that there are 200 some odd cases in Tennessee. And I said, there's less than, there's more people than that in our neighborhood. And we're talking about in the whole state of Tennessee that have this. Do, do you realize that? Think. Where are you looking? Consider that. You say, that's not fair. Yes, it is. That's what this passage is about. I will look. So where are you looking? How much time are you spending on this? And who is your source? Uh, uh, Friday. Friday. Um, my wife turned on, turned on the news to catch what was going on. I gotta tell you, I, there's a reason why I'm not spending also all this time on this. Um, it, it was just, it was depressing. They're, they're talking about how, how how bad things are and what they're doing to solve this great crisis in Tennessee, and how I, we have all the confidence in the world and our governor and people. People are doing a, a number of things. First of all, saying that everyone is going to die, and then, um, but we are going to be your saviors, which is how the government is presenting themselves. And then, and then they all say, and we have great confidence in our leaders to do the right things. You know, our leaders have done very few right things, quite honestly, over the years, and yet everyone is swallowing everything they tell us. They told us Social Security was great. They, they told us universal health care is wonderful. Okay, what things have they been right about? And yet, and yet, there are Christians who are saying, yeah, everything our government's telling us is right. I'm not saying you question everything the government says, but I am saying that it's not unreasonable for us to think and to ponder, where are we looking? Where are we looking? So 
get facts, fine. Get informed about how you can, can protect yourself from this. But get off the ledge, people. Consider where you are looking. If you make the choice to look to all the, all the media sources and all the things that are available, you are going to be... Hey, get, get on Friday, when my wife turned that on, I decided I would go clean the garage. And I can't tell you something. That is about the worst thing I, I would ever want to do in my entire life. But it was better than listening. And so I actually cleaned the garage. Thank you, news reports. Okay. For the first time in like a long time. And my wife at the end of the day said, oh, I'm you know, kind of like, I'm glad you did that. Finally. But it was better than sitting in there and listening to them. It was. Seriously. Clean the garage. Try it out. Next time you want to watch the news, go clean the garage. It's better than listening to the drivel that's going on. Uh, through the whole situation, and now I sound like I'm being totally critical, and I don't believe anything that's going on, and I really don't wish to give you that point, but the point I want to make is this, that you need to consider who you're listening to, and how much time you're listening to them, and how much you're letting that influence because it does. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You're thinking. And live in, live in accordance. Um, the, the second point is not only consider, but the second is control where you're looking. See, you can do that. I, I love those. The first two words of this psalm are great. I will. It's encouraging to me because it reminds me that as a Christian, it may be a struggle and there may be people all around wanting to give me their advice and their counsel. And, their, and how, how, I won't even ask how many people, you know, this morning. We'll help you to raise your hand if you're listening on the Internet, you know. But I won't ask how many to raise their hand saying, how many of you have gotten an email from someone or a call from someone or some information from someone about what you need to do in order to protect yourself? Yeah, you know, it's like everyone and their brother. And your brother and your sister and, and everyone else in your family. Who wants to tell you that, that the world's falling apart and this is what you need to do and put your hazmat suit on before you ever go outside? And, and I, it's like, okay, control where you're looking. Um, this, I, I want to urge you to stop watching all the news and following all the blogs and spending a lot of, your, a lot of time talking with your friends about it and rather spend time reading your Bible, and looking to him. I, I, I will tell you this assuredly, without a shadow of a doubt, that it would be far better for you to spend a half hour reading your Bible than at least watching the news right now. If you want to do what I'm seeking to do as a Christian, and that is keep myself informed by looking at sites which tell you the numbers, and help you to see, really, on a daily basis, hey, there is a great increase, and there is greater danger, and we need to be careful about this. And, hey, it's going down here. Or, uh, you know, when people talk about this, seriously, you, you would think, would you not, that a lot of people have died in Tennessee? Wouldn't you, from everything that we've heard? And, and one is more than, than we can imagine, but one man has died, and he was in his 70s, and he had health problems. I'm not saying there's not an issue, but what I am saying is 
let's look at the facts and reality and let's make sure that our focus isn't all on what is what is the world saying and let's remember what God is saying and look to him. And I have had to remind myself, and I'm telling you, this is a battle that I've had going on. This is why I'm sharing it with you this morning. Because the battle is, you, I, I can be gripped by, when, when I go on the internet, I, I'm tempted to look at some of these different sites. I pulled up some of these stories so I could read them this morning. And I, I can get tempted to begin looking at that rather than looking at God. And I have to remind myself, I will, I will, I will look to him. Can be wise, yes, but control where you are looking. It's not all lies, I know that. There's a lot of good information out there, helpful information, ways in which you can protect yourself, be reasonable. But if you're spending... If you're spending an hour every day on that and you're not spending an hour in the Word, you are going to be in serious trouble because your look is in the wrong place. Control where you're looking. Then um, communicate when you get anxious. Are, Are there things to be anxious about? Sure. <laughs> okay, but we shouldn't be, but there are things. By the way, that verse does suggest that there are things that we could be anxious about, right? There are things to be anxious about, but we don't have to be anxious. So anytime I do, here's, here's what i got to do. I, I've got to communicate with him. See, again, I will. So I'm going to evaluate. I'm going to consider how much time I'm spending listening and looking to the world and other things and other people and maybe even myself for help. And I am going to control where I'm looking and how much time I'm spending and, and because as I think I become. Then not only am I going to do that, but every time anxiety comes my way because there's going to be times where I can't control what I'm hearing and, and things like that. And people are going to keep texting me and, and telling me, did you hear about this? Okay, so whenever I get anxious, what I need to do is communicate to the Lord about that because I will. So when you're lifting up your eyes, the idea is I'm going to God. I'm taking it to him. Okay, Lord, this is yours. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. I love that. To unroll your problems on God, because he can carry them. So, what am I going to do when I start to, maybe I have been watching too much of the news, and man, I'm being controlled by the certain I'm going to roll it on God. I'm going to communicate with him. and say, God, I'm anxious. Cut back your time listening to others and talk to God. And then let me, let me give you a last last thing. Wow. So much for being out early. Preacher, you're amazing. You can go along anytime. Doesn't matter what you have going on. All right. Yes, I can. But let me just share one other thing because this is so important. And I think it's easy to lose sight of this. Is that if you believe the answer is looking to God, do you? Do you believe that? Do you, do you believe that the answer is looking to God? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nodding so that you will nod with me, all right? Do you really believe the answer is looking to God? All right, the answer is looking to God. There are millions of people in this world that don't have him. And there very well will be opportunities for us in the days ahead to help people look to the right place. And, and it all starts with the people having a relationship with God because they can't look to God and understand him like Psalm 121 talks about unless they're part of his family. But that gives us an opportunity in this situation because people are worried. And here's the truth. It's easy to just have conversations with people like, yeah, I hear about all this going on, and then just go your way and not realize that this may be an opportunity to say something to help people look. Maybe when you come into contact with your mailman who's delivering your mail and, and you thank him for it. And if he says something or she says something about, hey, man, can you believe all the stuff that's going on? To say, yes, but I know who's in control. That we would take advantage of opportunities to help people look. Because the truth is, a look is the answer to save from anxiety and fear and trouble and people need him and so this is a time where uh, we could be praying for a revival yes but we could be taking advantage of opportunities God gives us to talk with people to share with them the good news that there's a place to look and that we don't have to be controlled by all the stuff we're hearing I don't know if that helps you but I felt like today we just needed to kind of come to grips with things and take things take a little bit of time and be reminded that there is somewhere to look and do that and do that let's bow our heads and, and close our eyes we're going to pray there there will be no invitation this morning come forward per se but I, I do think as I close in a word of prayer it would be a good thing for you as a believer if your focus has gotten wrong if your focus has gotten off or if maybe it's just been you're looking too much at what the world has to say and what others have to say and, and things like that and you've gotten away from looking to him and if you have then talk to him about it tell him tell him what you've done and ask him for his help because he will help you and as I close in prayer I hope you'll just do business with God yourself father I thank you for your word I thank you that there is hope I thank you that there's a place to look today that um, is sufficient to meet every need during this situation in our country, in our world. I'm thankful that this is not something beyond your care or your reach. I'm thankful, Lord God, that there's a place to look and find comfort and find help and hope. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us, every Christian, in our church, every believer who hears the words of Psalm 121 to be people who make their choice to look to God. And may we find the wonderful truth of this psalm that there's a God who can meet every need. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. As you look, you're dismissed.